Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based champion championship team this is brewers on tap Welcome into episode number 29 of Brewers on Tap, the official podcast of the Milwaukee Brewers. Hi again, everybody. Jeff Levering with you, your host of the podcast. And make sure to get yourself involved in each and every episode by tweeting the Brewers using the hashtag Brewers on Tap. We've got a great guest list of people that are going to be joining us here on the podcast. Catcher Nevin Ashley, who made his Major League debut last week, will have a conversation with him, as well as Assistant General Manager Gord Ash talking about the young prospects in the Brewers organization, as well as what it means to call up a guy like Nevin Ashley that spent 10 years in the minor leagues. We'll also chat with assistant hitting coach John Shelby as he talks about his time with the Pittsburgh Pirates organization as well as playing against his nephew Josh Harrison and he reflects on where he was on September the 11th. So that's what's coming up here on episode number 29. But before we get into all that, let's go back in this week in Brewers history. And now this week in Brewers history. We go back to September 19th, 2009, and that's when Prince Fielder broke the franchise record for runs batted in in a single season with his 127th coming on a sacrifice fly against the Houston Astros. Fielder not only broke the record in front of Astros manager and previous record holder Cecil Cooper back in 1983 is when Cooper originally had set the mark, but Fielder would finish with 141 RBIs on the season, far and away a Brewers record. And back on September 22, 2007, J.J. Hardy belts the Brewers' 217th home run of the year to break the franchise record. Previous record was 216 by Harvey's Wallbangers back in 1982. The Brewers would finish with 231 home runs on the season, leading the major leagues. And that was back on September 22, 2007. Brewers have been on the road for quite some time. They finished off a 10-day, 10-game road trip, Cincinnati, Miami, and Pittsburgh. Brewers had a lot of good things happen. While they only won one of the four games in Pittsburgh, there were a lot of highlights from that series with the Pirates. Davis into center field. 
And McCutcheon will watch this one fly way out of here. Wow. McCutcheon didn't even bother. Chris Davis with a booming two run home run dead central. I mean, no idea how far that is right there. I mean, it's 3899 to center. It plays a lot deeper than that. That ball was crushed. You don't see too many that deep in this ballpark, almost off the batter's eye. That was a blast by Chris Davis. Working in a, essentially a platoon. A Cervelli turns on one. That's way back in left field. Davis is back there. Oh, what a catch! Chris Davis leaping in the air, slamming against the wall. Pulls it in. I think that might have left the ballpark. Good play by Chris Davis. Uh, able to go back, never took his eye off the baseball, and perfectly timed his leap and brought it back. That was going to go right in the pierogi boiler of that Pittsburgh fan. Until Davis went up there and took one back. What a great play that was. Very nice. Pitch to Davis. Swing and a fly ball hit to center. Back on it is McCutcheon. At the track, at the wall, he jumps, and it's gone into the hedges. A two-run shot for Chris Davis, and the Brewers lead it 4-1. to That ball's hit deep into right center field way back, and Adam Lind with a rocket out of here. Two-run home run right out of the gates. The Brewers have the lead. Very similar to last night when the yep. Brewers scored three in the first. Lind will touch them all. Home run number 19. And a snap throw to second. The tag out at second. Cervelli got caught off the bag as Maldonado guns him down. Look at Maldonado. This is a called play. Got the sign and ball beats him. Harrison at first. He might be on the move. One out. He takes off. McCutcheon a half swing. Throw to second and out at second. A strike him out. Throw him out. Double play to end the inning. And Maldonado cuts down another one. McCutcheon unable to check his swing. A swinging strike three. And a pick and a tag by Jeanette. Great play out at second base. Maldonado's cut down a pair tonight. In a 4-4 tie. Down the left field line. And it's going to fall. A base hit. In the score is Ashley. Logan Schaefer delivers. Two out RBI single. The Brewers back on top. It's 5-4 Milwaukee. Well, he's had two at bats. He walked, scored a run in the 12th, and now drove one in in the 13th. And the much-anticipated first Major League at-bat for Nevin Ashley. Well, what a moment this is for him, for his family. Now, after 10 seasons in the minor leagues and 870 minor league games and that's gonna fall a base hit his first at bat in the big leagues is in the gap and coming around third on his way to score is davis <laughs> nevin ashley welcome to the big leagues boy, oh boy how about that good for him it's an rbi double and the brewers lead two to nothing i guarantee he doesn't remember his feet hitting the ground at all and that at bat running into second base first major league at bat hits a double drives in a run
Chris Davis in particular had a huge series in Pittsburgh, clobbering a couple of home runs, eclipsing the 20 home run mark for the second straight year, and he even took one away from Francisco Cervelli on what might be his best defensive play of the season. Nevin Ashley notched his first big league hit in his first at-bat, Adam Lind hit his 19th home run of the season in Pittsburgh. Martin Maldonado showed off his strong throwing arm by picking off a runner and throwing out two more and strike him out, throw him out double plays in the Brewers' 13-inning victory against the Pirates. And Logan Schaefer would provide the game winner in the 13th inning of that contest with an RBI hit. We catch up with the crew this week, and we chat with Assistant General Manager Gord Ash, who talked about, among other things, calling up a player like Nevin Ashley, spending 10 years in the minor leagues, as well as the talented club down in Biloxi that's playing in the playoffs. We'll have more on the Biloxi Shuckers later on in the podcast, but Gord Ash takes us down to Biloxi and shares some inside knowledge about that club. Let's catch up with the crew. And we're pleased to be joined by the Brewers' assistant general manager, Gord Ash. And, Gord, here we are in September. This is uh, kind of a, an interesting time for ball clubs, for teams that are you know, not in the mix to get an opportunity to see the young kids. This is a great opportunity for folks in Milwaukee to see kind of the future of what's going on with the Brewers. Yeah, you don't like to be in the situation we find ourselves in, but one of the silver linings is that you do get to see some of these uh, young players that we talk about and, and write about and now here's an opportunity to see them play. And, uh, you know, we saw Kyle Davies have a, a good outing last night, and we've seen Santana uh, show the power that he, we know he has. And over the next uh, couple of weeks, we'll, we've got two more today in uh, Sardinas and Ashley. And once Biloxi's finished, we'll probably have a couple more from there. Uh, pretty exciting for Nevin Ashley today to be called up for the first time in his professional career, being, you know, 10 years in the minor leagues. It's, that's got to be a fun phone call for you and Doug Melvin to make. Well, it is, and, you know, he played very well, worked very hard this year. He came into camp this spring, made a nice impression. You know, he's, it's an interesting story because uh, he really wasn't on any of our prospect lists this, this winter, and we signed him late. We needed one more catcher, and uh, he was still on available list. And, you know, he's not played that much the last couple of years for Pittsburgh and AAA, and everything just came together for him this year, and he swung the bat very well. Always a nice thing to have and to pay it off like this, too. It's a, it's a fun whirlwind for him to be a part of, that's for sure. And uh, you mentioned the Biloxi team. You were just in Biloxi as they were finishing up their regular season. What have you seen from them? And, you know, obviously some excitement around that ball club. Yeah, there is. There's an, an immense amount of talent there. They're a little tired right now. And, you know, that 54-game road trip at the start of the year, I think it's uh, – rearing its head right now uh, you know kind of a delayed effect because they're a little bit out of gas or played a little bit like they were out of gas but you know there's a lot of talent there and I'm sure with a couple of days off heading into the playoffs they'll rebound and they've got a nice mix of pitching and defense and some some uh, some decent hitting and we've sent them in some reinforcements here for the playoffs Michael Reed's going to go back and uh, Jorge Ortega is going to join their pitching rotation from Brevard. He was the ERA leader in, in the Florida State League. So they'll get a couple of reinforcements and hopefully do well. And you talk about that rotation and you add a, and a Jorge Ortega to it as well. Uh, but that is a, a scary rotation, not only for a double A club, but I mean, that could be a really good big league rotation too at some point. Yeah, we're really pleased with the way our pitching has come along here. Not to, you know, you look at the major league club now with the with uh, four or five youngsters in the rotation. And then you look at double-A, there's five solid guys in that rotation with Lopez, who uh, was the most valuable pitcher in the league, and Tyler Wagner, who won the um, ERA title in that league, and then the two pitchers we acquired from Houston in uh, Hader and Hauser. So it's a pretty formidable rotation. And I think uh, 
that will really dictate how far we go in the playoffs there. Have you been happy with the results you've seen from Brett Phillips in the outfield? I know he missed the last couple of weeks with a bad thumb, but uh, it seemed like he was starting to come around a little bit. Yeah, he is. He's got a lot of talent, and this is a very, very, very infectious personality, very upbeat guy, uh, um, you know, loves to play the game, plays the game with a lot of passion, and you know, uh, once he gets to Milwaukee, he's going he's gonna to be a fan favorite just because of the personality. Uh, it's, it, the way, when I was down there, I kind of described him as a bull in a china shop, just kind of running around looking for something to do, and just an infectious guy, like you said. No, he is, he's, he's, uh, and he's got a lot of ability, too. So, I mean, he's not going to just be resting on his personality to succeed. He's got a lot of ability. He, he admitted in my meeting with him last week he tried to do too much uh, to justify the trade, and if he just backs off and is himself, he'll be a better performer. I'd be remiss if I didn't finish with this. Orlando Arcia, what a phenomenal season he has had, not only offensively but def- uh, defensively as well. Yeah, he's had a tremendous year, and uh, you know he, he's going to be a strong candidate for our minor league player of the year. Um, in all facets of the game. He has such great instincts for the game. Uh, he gets the ball, and he knows what to do with it. Uh, you know, he doesn't always follow the traditional, I'll field the ball at shortstop, I'll make the out at first base. If there's a runner at second, he'll try and do something there. If there's a runner at third, he'll try to do something there. So he's, a, he's an instinctive player that, that, that has a great knack to play the game, has a passion for the game. And another guy with, you know, just a real upbeat personality. Gord, thanks so much for the time. My pleasure. Thank you. As Gord Ash talked about, such a great thrill to call up a guy like Nevin Ashley, who spent so long in the minor leagues and has been so close to being a big leaguer at times, being on the taxi squad with the Pittsburgh Pirates, potentially being a playoff substitute for the Tampa Bay Rays, but just coming up a little bit short. So in this week's edition of Let's Break It Down, we talk with Nevin Ashley and what it's like to be a big leaguer. Let's break it down. And we chat now with catcher Nevin Ashley, who had quite the day yesterday, whirlwind of of emotions, I'm sure. Kind of take me through what the last kind of 48 hours have been like for you, Nevin. Uh, It's uh, definitely a long time waiting, but, uh, you know, whenever I found out on Monday after the game, you know, I was just so much excitement built up, just definitely blessed to have the opportunity to to finally get to live out my dream and, you know, and just uh, also a blessing for all the family and, you know, friends that supported me along the way that stuck with me and, you know, just, just so happy to be here. What was that conversation like with Rick Sweet when he finally told you that you were coming up? Well, I was, uh, I saw him, I was getting out of the shower and he came up and I was expecting, uh, you know, a good job, good season, you know, have a good off season. He grabbed me and shook my hand. He's like, congratulations, you did it. I'm a, I kind of gave him a blank stare, and he's like, you're going up. And after that, you know, just a bunch of hugs and everybody giving me congratulations. And it was definitely exciting. I can only imagine. Were there some, some emotions in there too? Um, yeah, I mean, definitely a lot of emotions going on, especially whenever I talk to my wife. Uh, you know, we, uh, it, it's, it's been a long, long journey, and we finally made it. And so, you know, we had our own little moment together, and it was definitely exciting. You know, for 10 years, you know, you're going through the minor leagues. You start with the Tampa Bay system, and then you went to Cincinnati and Pittsburgh the last couple of years. You know, it's a long grind for you being in the minor leagues. Does this kind of pay everything off? I mean, it's it's definitely rewarding. Um, it, it is a grind, you know, but uh, the way I look at it is, you know, I get to come out every day, even if it's in AAA, and play a game that I love and I've been blessed uh, with the skills to play. 
and be able to support my family and have my family there with me, you know, I, you can't beat that. So I was going to, you know, definitely ride it out as long as uh, I was able to and, uh, you know, thank, thankful for this opportunity to get up here and uh, help this team out. Well, it's been a tremendous season for you, too. Played so well in Colorado Springs, you know, career year for you. And what was that experience like in Colorado Springs? Oh, you know, it's... It, it was, like I said, it was a blessing. You know, got there first year in the PCL. I've been in the IL for about five years. Uh, you know, a little bit different. You know, travel's different. And, uh, you know, made some uh, small adjustments in spring training uh, with my swing. And, you know, it, it took off from there. Uh, you know, had a great year uh, at the plate and also behind the plate. And, you know, uh, we struggled as a team, but uh, we were able to uh, pick it pick it up towards the end. And, you know, like I said before, you know, I'm just blessed to have the opportunity to be up here and help this team out. And lots of familiar faces in this clubhouse now here in Milwaukee. Lots of guys that you saw not only in spring training, which you played tremendously well in spring training too, uh, but guys who have come through Colorado Springs. So it's not like you're coming up here and seeing a bunch of unfamiliar faces. Yeah, that's always nice to see, you know, uh, get up here. And it's not like I'm completely caught off guard when uh, meeting everybody. You know, I got to meet everybody in spring training. Got to show my face around for a while. And, uh, you know, some of the teammates from Colorado Springs being up here, it's definitely a little bit more relaxing. Nevin Ashley is our guest here, and Nevin, you know, on the on the lighter side of things, you guys had a pretty good group down there in Colorado Springs. Um, you know, I was sad to see Rick Sweet's mustache go away on the last day of the season. I'm sure it was tough and filled with a bunch of maybe family of birds in that mustache at the end, right? Yes, definitely. We uh, he he said he definitely made sure he comb comb through it before he shaved it off because he didn't know what was going to be in there. <laughs> Uh, one last thing for you. You were involved in, in a number of the Tim Dillard dub smashes this season. Uh, was there one that was more memorable than another this year? Uh, I mean, Dillard, he, he's, a, he's a man of their own. You know, he, uh, he definitely keeps the uh, clubhouse light, you know, with his dub smashes and everything. But uh, my favorite one by far was uh, the one he uh, did – you know, give me fuel, give me fire, give me that which I desire, and then started mosh pitting through everybody. Because <laughs> at the very end, you, you can't see me, but I had tackled him and picked him up, and then all of a sudden you see him up in the air, and you can see the floor behind him. And you know, I wasn't even in it, but that was me tackling, so that was a blast. <laughs> nice cameo. Just get in there for the form tackle, right? <laughs> exactly. Nevin, thanks so much for taking a couple of minutes with us. And, and from everybody with the Brewers, it's, it's a great story, and uh, we're so happy that you could join the ball club here for September. Uh, thank you, guys. Appreciate it. Our final guest on the podcast this week is Brewers assistant hitting coach John Shelby. And as most of you know, the Brewers were in Pittsburgh on the 14th anniversary of the September 11th tragedies. The Pirates did a great job of honoring the families of the members of the United Flight 93 that crashed not too far from the city of Pittsburgh, had their families out on the field for the Star-Spangled Banner, and they were recognized in a wonderful pregame ceremony. Well, before the ball game that day, I chatted with John Shelby about not only his time in Pittsburgh and what it means that the Pirates are playing so well, but also asked him about his reflections of what he was doing on September 11th, 2001. We're happy to be joined by the assistant hitting coach, John Shelby. And, you know, John, these 13-inning ball games, and they end up in the Brewers' fashion. You know, that last night seemed to me like the biggest team win that the Brewers had had since the end of May. Well, I'll tell you what, honestly, since the end of May, every win that we get seems like it's a big win. But, uh, 
you know, we had some early opportunities last night, weren't able to take advantage of them. And, you know, the, the later you go into a game plan, this team, uh, they have a way of finding a, uh, finding a good way to beat you. Their lineup is powerful, but our guys maintained, and it really was. It was a big win for us. We were able to pull it out. And having the guys come off the bench like Logan Schaefer and Luis Sardinius come up with those big hits late, it takes a lot coming off the bench. And in those clutch situations, it's not an easy role. No, it's not an easy role at all. Uh, you know, to Schaefer's credit, he's hit a lot of balls hard this year. Uh, hasn't really had a lot of luck. But just getting a contribution from him and Sardi and uh, having Ashley be able to get on even though he struck out. You know, when you have guys on the bench and they can contribute some kind of way to a win, uh, it makes it a good team effort. And how about Kyle Loesch picking up his second save? He probably wouldn't think he'd be saying that at the beginning of spring training, but two saves for Kyle Loesch. Well, usually that's a reverse role where Frankie's coming in to save a game for him, but, you know, knowing that he's down in the bullpen, the attitude that he has, you know, going from a starter and somewhat being demoted to the bullpen, sometimes it's hard for veteran players to do it, but, you know, he's a true professional to do what he did, and especially last night to be able to contribute. John Shelby is our guest, and you go across the dugout and you see the the Pittsburgh Pirates, a place where you spent a couple of years. You were the first base coach in 06 and 07 here. You know, what's it like coming back to PNC Park and and seeing the enthusiasm for this team now? Well, you know, honestly, I grew up a Reds fan, and Pittsburgh was in the division. So uh, getting a chance to watch those guys grow up, it it was always exciting. Uh, You know, I came up in Baltimore's organization and was actually, I shouldn't say this, but I was actually pulling for the Pirates to win that World (laughs) Series in 79, and they did. But coming back as a coach was nice. And now coming back here, uh, you know, I had a great experience. This is one of the most beautiful ballparks in baseball. Great feeling being back here, even though I'm on the opposing club. And even more special that you get to see your nephew on the other side of things, Josh Harrison. Well, I'll tell you what, he's a tremendous talent, a tremendous uh, nephew, and uh, I love watching him play. I really do. So anytime he's in the game, as I've told people, I'm always pulling for him. I hope he gets four hits and we win the game. <laughs> it's a guy who grew up as, a, as an infielder, you know, played some second base last night. He played a third a lot last year, and now he's playing in the outfield. Such a versatile player. Well, that, that's the uh, thing that makes Josh. You know, he can play the infield. He can play the outfield. Uh, I don't think he can catch. Don't think he can pitch. But, you know, anywhere the ball club needs him, Josh is willing to go out. He's not worried about, you know, uh, I know he wants to play every day. But the one thing about him, uh, he has a good heart. As I said, he's a team player, and wherever Clint needs him, he's going to go, and he's going to do well. One final question for you, T-Bone, and, and today is a, it's a somber day, obviously September the 11th, and it's 14 years. hard to believe it's been 14 years since the tragedy uh, in New York. You know, do you remember where you were and what you were doing at the time that, uh, that it happened 14 years ago? Oh, yes. Actually, I was coaching for the L.A. Dodgers and was asleep, mm-hmm. and one of my uh, teammates, uh, Coach, he just happened to be up early in the morning. His wife called him and told him to go turn on the television. He knocked on my door, and he said, don't get mad. I know it's early, but you need to see this. And I got up and went in the living room, and we sat down. And I think by the time I would sat down and really saw what was going on, we were looking at it. And I think around that time, the second plane hit. So it, it, it's one of those memories you don't ever, ever want to forget. And such a tragic day but you know the united states has continued to move on we're a strong nation and most importantly we as a people we need to stay together t-bone thanks so much for taking a couple of minutes with us and for your remembrance of that day as well uh thank you never forget it
checking in on the farm. We check in on the farm this week as the Brewers only have one team playing in the minor leagues. That's the Biloxi Shuckers. And as always, you can check out our blog at Minor Details at minordetails.mlblogs.com. But for the Biloxi Shuckers, they swept the Pensacola Blue Wahoos in the first round of the playoffs, getting stellar performances from their starting pitching. Jorge Lopez, Tyler Wagner, and Adrian Hauser ended up going 3-0 against the Blue Wahoos and giving up just one unearned run in 21 and two-thirds innings, allowing just eight hits while striking out 23. And Adrian Hauser even threw a Maddox in that particular appearance in game number two, throwing a complete game shutout, allowing just three hits and being one over the minimum with 10 strikeouts and using just 99 pitches to do it. Orlando Arcio was by far the star for the Shuckers offensively, going 8 for 13, a 6-15 batting average with a couple of homers, a triple, three doubles, and five runs scored. He even drove in six in the series. So now the Biloxi Shuckers take on the Chattanooga Lookouts in the Southern League Finals. That series will get underway on Wednesday evening as Jorge Lopez takes the ball in Game 1. Game 2 will have Adrian Hauser go. Game 3 with Tyler Wagner. And if necessary, Games 4 and 5, you'd have Josh Hader get the start in Game 4 on Sunday. And Jorge Ortega, who won the ERA title in the Florida State League with the Manatees, he would get the start in decisive Game number 5. Again, that's a best-of-five series that begins on Wednesday in Biloxi. Jorge Lopez making the start for the Biloxi Shuckers. Here's what's on tap with the Brewers. Here's what's on tap for the Brewers as the crew continues their six-game homestand with the Cardinals and the Reds over the weekend. And look for the Brewers' coupon book on the 16th, another student night on Friday the 18th, and the Scooter Jeanette Garden Home giveaway on Sunday the 20th against Cincinnati. Also this weekend against the Reds, it's Fan Appreciation Weekend. And on Saturday the 19th, you've got an opportunity to win a Chevy Trax just by showing up to the ballpark. Only three home games remain this season at Miller Park after this weekend is over, so make sure you get in on the action by going to Brewers.com for tickets and for more information about the rest of the schedule. That's going to do it this week for Brewers on Tap. Don't forget to tweet those questions each and every week to the Brewers by using the hashtag Brewers on Tap. Thanks to our great guests this week, and congratulations to Nevin Ashley for making his Major League debut, as well as Assistant General Manager Gord Ash and Brewers Assistant Hitting Coach John Shelby for joining the program. My name is Jeff Levering. Thanks for listening to the official podcast of the Milwaukee Brewers. This is Brewers on Tap. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. 
Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.